Hey, all you pilgrims out there. Welcome to the Common Pilgrim Podcast. My name is Jason, and my co-host is Chris. Chris, hey, you're... Oh, hey, hey. Um, so you're here with me, and um, you weren't... You know, so this episode is all about a conversation that I had with an old student of mine. His name is Dieter. And... Um, well, well, sort of, it's Dieter. Yeah, we'll see. Him. <laughs> yeah, although it's funny. It's, I probably, like I said in the interview, I, I, I probably knew that, but when I asked him, I clearly, I, I had no idea what his real name was. Yeah. Um, I knew it yes. wasn't Dieter, though. I knew that for sure. <laughs> um, but you weren't able to be there. You were in Indianapolis, and you were working all day, so there was no way we could we could uh, get online and do it through any software. So. But you got a chance to listen to it last night. So, I did. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Talk, was, talk, so talk to me about good, it. Good, man. I think your uh, your interviewing skills are, are off the charts. So I, I, I can't <laughs> hey, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so no, I got really, an A plus. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was really good. It was a really good conversation that you and Dieter had. So um, I think you guys will be excited to, to listen to the interview. I mean, a few things to watch out for. I, I really appreciated your conversation up front, um, you know, uh, although it wasn't part of the core pilgrimage story about gap years i mean because of course uh oh yeah uh, yeah yeah i mean you know uh, my daughter kendall's getting ready to go on a gap year so maybe uh maybe we can oh wow talk, oh, talk about oh, that she definitely podcast. needs to get on the podcast talk yeah yeah absolutely i mean you know it's uh it's you know different reasons different motivations but you know there's all sorts of things that drive us uh, drive us to go on pilgrimage but uh, no his story was fascinating i mean um you know just kind of the whole motivation of, of feeling you know kind of kind of left out or, or missing or not hearing what he wanted to hear and 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 you know what i heard when i listened to him tell his story was really a story about you know needing to be in a different place to be able to see and hear what you you couldn't where you were yeah almost, yeah right? you know just you know almost like you know as we've talked about a few times you know the the, the practice of pilgrimage is a form of meditation uh, almost to, to to be able to to get in touch with something that you know your daily mm. daily grind your daily process your 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 you know just seeing the things you always see and doing the things you always do you know drowns out and and, and that you miss yeah um, and and you know I, I really appreciated the question that you asked I don't know, about halfway through about you know where you, you tie it back into Kozino's book about bringing back the boon mm-hmm. um, you know because. Um, I, I, I don't know how exactly he reacted to that. I don't. I don't quite remember. But, but you know, the story he went on to tell uh, was exactly about that, right? You know, I, yeah. I, I mean, it was. It was. It's like the a case study in you know, kind of you know. Now I, I've got what I needed, and I, I kind of you know, he, he ends up uh, coming back to the area and, and is doing great things. So, um, really, yeah, that's what I loved about his story was, um, you know, ultimately. Because, you know, I can, I have that feeling. I mean, you grew, I think you grew up here in Cincinnati, yeah. in the Cincinnati area. Um, I did not. And so when I first moved here, I just could not find a way to enjoy this place. And, um, <laughs> and, and it, you know, it had a lot more to do with just the fact that it was, there was, uh, I just didn't have roots here, you know? Yeah. So. Um, I didn't understand the whole east side, west side thing. You didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you didn't know what chili, chili I mean, place to eat at. Yeah. What the hell is that stuff? Um, I still to this day, I, I don't. Oh, a, stop! I don't want to hear. I don't it. get. I don't get the pasta yep. thing. I, uh, I, I have to do the burrito. So, uh, um, but what I loved about it was ultimately what you know. It all came back to um, him finding peace with actually being, you know, and yeah, and for somebody who needed to always go somewhere 
that was way out of maybe the norm. Um, he ends up back here in Cincinnati, and he and and now he has this motivation and excitement to be to make an impact on on, yeah. on his city. Yep. Um, so yeah, you know, as a as a as a teacher of his, I'm just so proud of him. And then we got to we got to go and have a conversation afterwards. We went you know down to Braxton, the local brewery, and uh, we just had just you know just continued the conversation. And, and we had it was really good. And so I'm just really That's awesome. impressed with uh, you know how he's grown as an individual. So. Well, the other aspect, you know, for, for listeners to, to kind of pay attention to is, is, is you know, and, and you picked up on it, too, in the interview when he starts, the, his, his departure, his crossing the threshold is quite dramatic. Yeah. Um, and, and, right. And he just kind of dropped it in there like, oh, yeah. Kinda, like it was no big deal. <laughs> yeah, like it was no big deal. And, <laughs> I mean, he kind of acknowledged that it was a little bit, but yeah, yeah. but it's a but, big deal. You don't know, people on Christmas Eve. But, but also, yeah, yeah. I mean, also coming back to it later to say that, you know, if I didn't leave then, I'd never leave sort of thing, right? I mean, that, yeah. I don't know. Right. It, was, it, it makes it, sense. It, I mean, yeah. it was like he just had to do it, and that was the day. Yeah. And and when he did it, you know, and, and what I really loved about his story was, you know, we talked, like I explained a little bit about that, um, that liminal space, you know, like you said, that was just as much, um, or just as transformative sure. as the arrival point, yep. you know, in fact, we barely talked about, you know, what, what it was the like arrival point. In there. Yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's right. Well, I mean, again, and that's why, you know, I think the, the, the story you guys are about to hear is, is really cool because it, it does illustrate that point. And, and again, what's, what's the metaphor for what we're all doing every day, right? You know, again, it's, it's cliche to say, you know, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Yeah. But, right. But, but, but really it is the journey that, that changes us, right? It's the little things that we do on our way to our supposed goals that actually end up being our life. Yeah. And the, and the arrival is just the, just the cherry on top. So, <laughs> well, you know, I'm, um, yeah, it was a fun interview and I'm excited for you, the audience to hear it. And, um, and I, I just want to say thanks for joining us on this journey to discuss, learn, and experience the adventure of pilgrimage. And we would definitely love to get your feedback. So, because we are always wanting to improve this podcast. So if you have something, a story, a book, or a suggestion that you want to contribute, send me an email at jason at thecommonpilgrim.com. Okay, it's time. So let's begin. Oh, hey, okay, so we are recording again here in the Common Pilgrim Studios. Last time um, we recorded a podcast, we were outside of those studios, but we're back. And so, and it's a little bit different because normally Chris is with me and we are bantering back and forth, talking about some book we read. Um, But instead, I've got an old friend of mine. and I guess more than a friend, in the sense that he was my student. Um, I don't know, maybe you know, he was uh, one of the one of my better students. I like to think so. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The, in fact, I got a great story about Dieter, and that's his name, Dieter Sessler. Hey actually, what is your actually given name? Man, I'm 
don't know if I want to tell everybody yeah, this. But I, yeah, I, guess I mean, I, I, guess I, I know this. I this is not a huge audience, <laughs> <laughs> and one day when it becomes you know an audience of millions, they'll go back into the archive, yeah. and and by that time you'll already be famous. That's true. And um, all my secrets will be out in the open. Yeah, and they'll they'll already know your name. That's true. So you just go ahead and tell us. Yeah. So I my name is Dieter. Dieter Sessler, but my government name is Steven. Steven. <laughs> but, uh, you act like that. You act like you're so embarrassed to say this. No, no. <laughs> Steve, Steve, yeah, I, like, I, I taught you how many years? Five years? Pretty much. And I had no I idea. Like five years. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was so long ago. You didn't know? I didn't know. I, I never knew your first name. That's funny. Although, I, it was probably on your record. Probably. I yeah, you know what? If I look back now, I mean, I mean if, I, if I think back, I probably... Yeah. No, knew it at the time, but I have forgotten. Yeah, it's a family name. I'm a dad's name as well. It's a good name, just for the record. But uh, just, you know, to differentiate, got to, you know, have a brand. <laughs> I went by Dieter forever, like since I was. Yeah, tell me the story. I mean, and, you know, we've got a, you're, he's, you know, so Dieter is here. Um, Dieter Sessler. I don't know if I said your last name. Um, we're going we're gonna to get to know him a little bit better. But, um, and I'm going to ask him some questions about a pilgrim, pilgrimage. Or him being a pilgrim, um, in in a little bit. But before that, tell me how you got that name, Dieter. Yeah, um, so Dieter was the first name that I ever knew, and that's because I got four uh, older sisters and the youngest of five. And um, one of my sisters, the next uh, one above me, her name's Sarah. Um, she saw my feet when I was a baby, and she was still pretty young herself. And she saw my feet and said, "Deep." Kept calling me Deet, and nice. Not sure, yeah. Not sure why. My family's like, that's a great name. Let's just call him that. <laughs> yeah. Now, this, what makes him think that's a great name? This barely speaking, you know, infant just made up this name. Let's just call him that for life. Yeah. So <laughs> that's how it became. I became so you, Deet for like six years, and then Dieter was slightly more normal, kind of more German. Yeah. But like, I still fake. <laughs> it's fake German. But um, now is your family German? Uh, probably you know way back genetically, but we wouldn't carry that yeah. culturally, um, despite my name. Yeah. My last name being Seth, being German as well. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sessler. Kessler. Yeah, that helps. So, you know, I mean, although that's not, you know, a requisite thing to have. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to have a German first name no. if you have a German last name. It's funny, though, because every German I meet, I have to disappoint them. Like, like oh, are you German? I'm like, probably a few, I don't know, like a millennia ago, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would say that put a few, you know, put some round lens glasses on you and (laughs) you know work on this german accent (laughs) and you yeah you'd blend in super fine in germany um you know i mean but not that i've been to all of germany but i'm I'm pretty sure you you could blend it i've got a story about that too one time um i was on a plane from stuttgart to uh where was i going I think I was going, I think we were going back, going back home. No, 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 no. I was going to Turkey. And, um, and I was trying to, you know, use the, the local kind of parlance and talk about, you know, just like, you know, I'm trying to blend in a little bit. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, what I did not expect was when I started to talk a little, when I started to use some German words, um, and I don't know why I didn't think of this, but I, I thought it was just obvious that I looked American. Um, you know, by the way I dress, you're right. You, you know, know back on and like you know Hawaiian shirt. I mean, or... Americans <laughs> dress differently than Germans. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I mean, you could, you know, when somebody, uh, right? I mean, so when somebody, like, if you're at maybe a tour site here in the U.S., 
I can I can spot the European tourists mm-hmm. like instantly. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's whether it's their shoes or it's you know maybe it's the skinny jeans, like the hundred zippers that are on their jeans, <laughs> or you know it's like kind of the un you know like the, or the, like if it's if it's winter like the really puffy. They love these really puffy jackets yeah, with the furry um, hoods. Yeah, so it's like I can just spot the Europeans pretty quickly. I don't I don't know if that's profiling or not. I don't I don't know if I'm I mean, doing probably. something wrong. I probably am, but but it's like it's profiling, but is it wrong? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's all profiling <laughs> wrong. That's that's a that's a great conversation. Should we dive into that or save that one for like never? Or? <laughs> I'll save that one for never. Um, but so let's get back to why you're here. So you. Um, went on a pilgrimage once. We had a conversation the other day, and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm doing this podcast because we're trying to figure out here at the Common Pilgrim, you know, what is what is pilgrimage today in the 21st century, and and how is it being practiced, and are there pilgrims out there, and and or people who call themselves pilgrims, and and you're like, hey, I've got a story about pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Um, but before again, before uh, we get into that, tell me a little bit about um, you know, kind of where you're at in life, you know." how you got to this point, um, you know, why are you still in Cincinnati when you went to school in, um, in Scotland? Yeah. Um, I mean, that sounds kind of, I mean, to me, that seems kind of stupid, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny actually, cause for me to fully flesh out why I'm here, I pretty much will have to tell the pilgrim story. So maybe. maybe oh, okay. Maybe we'll All right. have to do that. Well then let's just go right into it. Yeah. Okay. So, so Dieter, you went on a pilgrimage once mm-hmm. and, um, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do here at the Common Pilgrim is to hear these stories. So, um, I'm going to invite you to tell us yeah. your story. Yeah, thanks. You know, it's it's funny actually because when I think about pilgrimage, I don't think it's. I think people will hear the word and they automatically associate it with like medieval times and peasants and habits and. These yeah, of if you listen to our podcast, it's 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 like I'm obsessed with that right. whole thing of trying to figure out, or you know, just to differentiate you know, what is pilgrimage today versus yeah. medieval pilgrimage? Because you're right, because yeah. I mean, most people, when they hear the word pilgrimage, I mean, when they hear the word pilgrim, they're going to think of two things. Mm. They're going to either, or, or one of two things. They're going to think of the pilgrims, mm-hmm. you know, of Thanksgiving. You're right. Um, or if they have any concept of what pilgrimage is, you know, as on a spiritual kind of religious level, they're going to think of, Maybe maybe they're maybe they've seen the movie The Way, mm-hmm. and they've and they've heard of the Camino, and so they're thinking of maybe this kind of ascetic you know journey from one point to another, um, and so yeah I get it I get the whole idea of the medieval pilgrim. Yeah, it's funny you know I kind of I went to college uh, went to university in St Andrews which was a medieval pilgrim town that's like it was founded and it was it grew really off the back of pilgrimage it was what like the one of the, at one point I think one of the main pilgrimage sites in Europe. Do you, yeah, I would love to hear that. I mean, yeah. hear more about that. I mean, do you have any more information on that? Yeah, well, uh, at one point, I think it had it definitely had the largest cathedral in Scotland, third largest. Um, well, St. Andrews is the third oldest, is it third or fourth? Third oldest uh, English-speaking university, uh, okay. or university in the English-speaking world. Um, and it had the site, uh, it was held to be, have the bones of St. Andrew. Yeah. Um, like oh, his, okay. That was like a, yeah, that was going to be my question for you. A forearm, like a hip, and like a tooth. I don't know. <laughs> so are they are they like encased in a reliquary that's really cool? They're, or is, they're like, gone. What? It's a mystery. Like Ark of the oh, Covenant. Oh, Ark of okay. The style, yeah. So they're so they're probably in the Vatican somewhere. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, back in the, was it the Reformation? Um, the Reformation actually began uh, in Scotland in St. Andrews. In fact, um, 
you know, John Knox, who, you know, yeah. friends of Calvin down in Geneva, preached in uh, in St. Andrews, which was the religious capital of Scotland. Yeah. Um, and this, the Archbishop of uh, Edinburgh, which is the capital of Scotland, mm-hmm. is called the Archbishop of Edinburgh and St. Andrews. So he's this, oh, okay. even though St. Andrews is a tiny town, like 18,000 people, it still has that historical significance, yeah. which ties it to the capital and to the spirituality of the entire nation of Scotland. So. Yeah, so it's a big town despite its population. Um, yeah. Okay, so it is the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Did mm-hmm. you know that? Yeah. Yeah. So you just said the Reformation began in Scotland. Yeah, with uh, with killing, <laughs> which is very okay. Scottish style, <laughs> honestly. Um, it began with, I think there was, it might have been... A... No, I thought it started in Germany. Oh, in like, Scotland, I'm saying. Okay, in, so oh, the Scottish... Yes. The Reformation Protestant in Reformation started, okay. began in St. Andrews. In, okay, at St. Yeah. Andrews, got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you know it influxed there and began uh, just through preaching, uh, through like street preachers. Yeah, as you do. Um, I, I believe uh, there's a story of George Wishart. I think was his name. Who um, he preached in St. Andrews, and the uh, Archbishop or whoever Cardinal, whoever was you know leading the church in the town at that time, mm-hmm. told him to stop. Um, you know there was other tensions and rumblings happening probably across Europe at this point. So. It wasn't just like they decided to kill him out of the blue, but there was context. Either way, he was burned at the stake, this Protestant preacher or mm-hmm. Reformed preacher. Um, and his friends, um, who, like, they didn't obviously appreciate that. And what they did is they just, the, um, whoever the leader was, we'll just say, call him a cardinal, like, that mm-hmm. could be incorrect, but he was in the castle, the now ruined castle, which, which is still there in St. Andrews. They disguised themselves as workers, I think like masons and you know, just walked into the castle one day while it was the moat was down, the gate was up, <laughs> and they killed the leader of the church in that town, and boarded up the castle and like decided to, like just hold out in there, and they hung his body outside the walls just for the whole town to see. And there's a little plaque outside the castle which says, "And thus began like the first like Protestant congregation like in Scotland." Like okay, that's. I guess <laughs> that's, a good, the, that's a good start. Yeah, they're, they're, whoever wrote that flag is really betraying their feelings about how they feel about how it went. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and eventually they were, you know, held out in siege. I'm pretty sure they were killed too. Yeah, but um, this but this was, is post Enlightenment. So, I mean, not post pre Enlightenment. I mean, this is you know. No, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm, I mean, not, I'm yeah. not. I'm not judging Scotland no, no, for being its thing. If it's but it makes sense. It's a great I mean, start. Like it's not like they're like, <laughs> you know, yeah. violence. You got to, you know, they felt like they got to, they had to do what they had to do. No, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there was four different sites around St. Andrews where people were burned at the stake. Uh, and I, I, I want to say, I think not just Protestant, but I think there was like some Catholic killings there as well. Mm-hmm. The cathedral, which is now ruined, but there's a couple walls still up, okay. was the largest, um, definitely in Scotland at the time. And it was, uh, a lot of the stones were taken and to make the dock at St. Andrews, actually. Oh, okay. Um, is, it a, is it a Gothic cathedral? It was, yes. It looks like it, from what I understand, okay. with the high windows and like the arches and these things, and the uh, a lot of the setup and the foundation is still there, so you can see a lot of the, like the grandeur of what it was, oh, okay. which is pretty cool. But um, but yeah, a lot of the, there's no roof or anything like that. Um, one strong wall still up, uh, an old tower, um, St. Rule's Tower, which is like um, higher than the cathedral was, and one of the is like the first major construction like in the town. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that the oldest thing there is still there, but the cathedral itself is ruined. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it wasn't associated with the Catholic Church when the Reformation hit and they tore down the cathedral. I don't know. Okay, yeah. But yeah, St. Rule, the person who theoretically, like, as legend would have it, brought the bones of St. Andrew to St. Andrews. 
Yeah, that's an interesting story. So tell me more about, I mean, did you experience or meet any pilgrims? I mean, is there still any pilgrimage activity to St. Andrews? Uh, for golf. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, absolutely. Genuinely, golfers yeah. out there, that would definitely be a for sure. destination for them. It really is. I actually know some people who are planning one out now, and I got a couple messages from various old men wanting to see if they could they could have me make a spot for them to come golfing. Uh, interesting town, really. Uh, there was, I had a friend of mine, an old roommate, Joseph, uh, who <laughs> had a, a, sh- a showing of the way that we all watched. And yeah. so pilgrimage was a, an interesting, I would say, afterthought to the town. There's a pilgrimage still there for um, university. So, you know, because the college people are like, yeah, very diverse representation of nations, like 120 there um, for about, what, 7,000 undergrads. Um, so it's a good spread. Yeah. Uh, I think pilgrimage is actually more alive than ever. But I don't think anyone would call it that. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, that's a good point. And I, yeah, and that makes that kind of is um, similar to kind of what we've been talking about. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you mean by that? I mean, yeah. You know, and we will get to your story. Sure. I mean, I think any any travel story is a synonym, I think, to mm-hmm. pilgrimage, and those are everywhere. Even like what you could call a Euro trip, like a pilgrimage in a way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like there's doesn't need to be like sanctimony for it to mm-hmm. a, a story in order for it to still represent that kind of thing. Like you're going there, as I understand pilgrimage in a space elements, like you're traveling somewhere to f- get some sort of knowledge or experience or uh, discovery mm-hmm. that will change you, that will answer some question you have, that will resolve some tension. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just story in a way, yeah. some ways 101. Yeah. Right? Um, but with a specific travel element. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. I think a lot of people are looking for that. I think a lot of people gap years between high school and college for that reason, which I don't think is bad. Um, I think it's, I think it's often yeah, a good I, idea. Yeah, I mean, that's off topic. and I mean, yeah. but that would be a great topic to mm-hmm. get into um, because I think a lot of, you know, just, again, how I met you. I mean, I was a high school teacher for 12 years, mm-hmm. and um, I met so many students who should have should have done a gap year. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and what they would have learned um, and how they would have grown. Mm-hmm. You know, you know internally. Yeah, I'll be honest. I wish I had taken one. Yeah, and and it makes the gap year something that would be very beneficial for them. Yeah, definitely. And I think especially today, um, a lot of people go to college to figure themselves out. Which yeah, and that shouldn't be the place where you do that. Mm-mm. I mean, there's, you should know who you are a little bit before you get there. Yeah, at least and no one ever has it all yeah, figured out right, right no. away. Yeah, especially not at in eighteen. Yeah. yeah, but if you're like, oh wow, I have no idea, but I I'm just doing this because it's default, then it's probably an opportunity to learn a bit more about what you want. If nothing else, you're going to, if you go away and work somewhere for a year, I don't know, then mm-hmm. you'll probably have motivation to think, okay, I actually do want to go to college because I do want this, you know, yeah. uh, I do want to go to business. I do want to do art. Um, instead of just being, I'm just going to do this because everyone else is doing it. Cause I'm getting pressure from mom and dad to go and, you know, have something they can talk to grandma about. I don't know. Yeah. I know that. I remember, you know, when I, um, graduated high school, and I took a semester off mm-hmm. because I just wasn't really certain where I was going with my life. And, and uh, I remember that fall was one of the hardest times yeah. for me because all my friends mm-hmm. were having that college experience. You know, it was kind of the quintessential time to have it, you know, in the mm-hmm. fall. And I was, I was still at home. Yeah. It's <laughs> working at the mall. It, it's funny. Too. Like I, I said parental or like familial pressure, but even like, social yeah, your peers right. you get your peers yeah because it's in some ways that's really tough to hear like oh yeah i uh my friends are all off doing this experience and i feel like i'm being left behind yeah 
But then it also reveals part of you that says, am I doing this just because everyone else is doing it? Mm-hmm. Or am I really choosing it for myself? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I love about pilgrimage is because, you know, maybe this isn't even intentional, but a lot of times it's a solo experience or you choose to do it at least on your own. Mm-hmm. It's not always yeah. the case with someone yeah. saying like, hey, join me. Like, that's cool, but it's kind of you're joining their pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. When you have one of your own journeys, it's, it's to answer a question that you have that no, one, that no one's given to you per se, but one that you need for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, pilgrimage is kind of a, an aberration, you mm-hmm. know, in a sense that, you know, everyone, I mean, let's go back to that college thing. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's going to college um, except for you. Maybe you're doing the gap year or you're taking a semester off, and, and that, but you're right. I mean, that's that's an aberration from the norm, and, mm-hmm. and it's a journey that you're going on that's intentional mm-hmm. because you know that maybe you're not ready. And I think being able to be self-aware enough to know that you're not ready for something but and, and decide not to do it despite the fact that your peers are all doing it mm-hmm. and you're going to miss out on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that's uh, actually a, a, a sign that, you know, just like anybody who's kind of deciding to go on pilgrimage, mm-hmm. it's a sign that they're, they are seeking for something and that they have... They're, I don't know, like not that they're advanced or that they're better, but there's something unique about them that makes them want to, you know, figure out who they are first before they just go off and into, you know, into and in, in foray into into the into something else that they're not completely ready for. So, mm-hmm. sounds like, yeah, yeah, it's totally, it's it's like a, <laughs> this is kind of a, but to bust out some Greek, and this might be a little bit. Trend, it's kind of trendy word in Christian circles, which is, you know, trendy and Christian aren't really, you know, don't always go together, but uh, like a, a Kairos kind of experience, yeah. right? Like you're, you're yeah. heading in one direction, and then it's, it might not even be bad, but what you do is you take yourself out of the experience to go on, have a different little mini journey, maybe, for a month, for a year, for whatever, however long you want to do it, a couple yeah. weeks. Um, but what that a does little, is... A little excursus, kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, but what it does is it changes and hopefully elevates your trajectory longer term out of that. Like, you invest that time, which short term, you lost a semester when your friends are going out yeah. somewhere, but you learn more, which is going to get you farther long term. Yeah. So it's a, it's an investment, right? It's yeah. not a, just a... Well, and it also motivated, it motivated me. So yeah. I got... When I finally got to college, mm-hmm. I worked really hard and, yeah. and ended up graduating at the same time. Oh, yeah? That... Everybody else did. There you but, go. Um, well, you know, so, oh, that, that reminded me. I was going to ask you a question about, you know, a. you said that you, well, you just did. You busted out some Greek. <laughs> Not many of you know this. In fact, <laughs> zero of you out there know this, that I taught Dieter Hebrew. You didn't. Well, I so, introduced him to the language. Athletes, but. I introduced him to the language. <laughs> um, and despite the fact that he kind of, you know, um, indirectly insulted me the other day about my instruction. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. oh, I assure you it was completely unintentional or heavily sarcastic, um, in which case it was intentional. No, I know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just um, did you Did you take Greek when you were in St. Andrews? No, no, but... Okay, so now I'm, 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 I feel better because oh, no. I, I know Greek and you don't. And, oh, good, okay, yeah, good, so good. Yes, no, I mean, I know the... I know, what? Kairos, Oikos. That's pretty much all you need, right? There you go. <laughs> Those are the, <laughs> the two most important wor- important words that you, you uh, can no. uh, know in, in that lexicon. <laughs> um, so, okay, so go into your story. Yeah. Um, so I went out to St. Andrews. I you know, grew up in Cincinnati. Didn't have any family in Scotland or the UK or anything like that. 
But I recognized that um, there was a bit of a wall that I'd hit. And I guess how I think about that would be uh, like nothing, uh, everything is fine. Things are good. I was thinking about college. I wasn't super excited for college like, at all. Um, but uh, if I knew if I went to certain schools, like I was thinking about Ohio State, which I think is a good school for sure. But I also kind of knew what to expect if I had went there. You know, with all my sisters who had gone to college before me, I kind of knew what the what the drill was. And yeah, and so many students from the high school that that mm-hmm. we were a part of, um, it was like Miami University, mm-hmm. Ohio State University, mm-hmm. um, or you'd have some maybe going off to. You know, we had there were a couple from your class. I think went to Baylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baylor's is, a big one. You know, quite a ways away from Cincinnati. Yeah, but nobody from your class. Went over, went international. No, I think I think uh, John Piles like he did a semester okay. internship. Oh yeah, I remember with John BMW Piles. in Germany. Oh, he did. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I think he did. I remember when you told me because we we would meet at Panera mm-hmm. during the summer. Yeah. Um, to 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 uh, instruct you in Hebrew, which mm-hmm. is a weird place um, <laughs> to learn Hebrew. <laughs> but that's where we did it. Um, yeah. And so Jesus would have done. Yeah, I remember you telling me I'm going to St. Andrews in Scotland. I just thinking. Well, first of all, I was just, I was excited for you because I was I was like, hey, that's wish I wish I would have done that. <laughs> um, but I just remember thinking, and I don't think I ever asked you that question. You know, like what made you go there? Yeah, uh, basically just kind of tired of the norm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what to expect here, um, by and large. And uh, I wanted. It sounds. <laughs> Maybe a bit cheesy or trite, but honestly, I wanted adventure. I wanted something yeah. where I, I didn't know what was going to happen, which uh, there's pros and cons to that, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Because maybe it won't pay off to the degree that you hope it will. Yeah. And maybe it'll be really challenging, or maybe it won't be, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll wish you'd gone somewhere else. But but I knew I would think about more the fact that I didn't do it than the, if I'd gone and like, oh, it, it was or wasn't what I thought it'd be. Like, I knew I'd, it would hurt more mm-hmm. if I just didn't go at all. How did you even know about it? I, I didn't until like someone came to like a college fair at nearby high school and it wasn't even on my radar. It's funny, not even like East Coast or West Coast schools are on my radar. Yeah. I'm just like, ah, oh, it's too far away, different culture. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just probably wouldn't, just probably wouldn't work for me there. And yet there was something where you go even further than that and then you're like, oh, no, I do want that. Mm-hmm. That, that, that does sound interesting. Um, and actually it's funny because I was first interested in them um, because they taught Hebrew and other schools I looked at had taught like Judaic studies and like yeah. not Hebrew alone. Um, so that was uh, actually probably the first hook that I'm like, oh, this could be viable. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah because there was a little bit of a um, conclave of teachers there who mm-hmm. knew some yeah. some Hebrew and, and... I didn't end up taking it there, but it, it did get me like to in the door and interested in that kind of thing. I ended up doing international relations, but I, I am grateful for, for your instruction. Oh, so you did good. not I took take a, Hebrew I took there. like a year of it. Oh, you did? Um, okay. Yeah. But it, I just, I think I wanted to, I thought it'd be a better experience for me and what I, you know, as I, as you try and fail and try again, like that's, I think international relations probably probably more in line. Yeah. So the, what I was looking for, I still am interested in Hebrew, but, uh, yeah, but I probably, you know, uh, San Andrews has a, a very good, um, politics slash international relations degree in course. So I thought I'd get a lot of fun out of that. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you went to St. Andrews, and um, that's how you got there. Yep, four years, lots of fun, good folks. I'm um, still keeping in touch with a lot of them. Um, and towards the end of my time at university, I actually, I've been going to a vineyard church. Um, they have them both here in the U.S. and out there 
in the UK as well. Yeah, and if you don't know what a vineyard church is, it's kind of a... Kind of, yeah, describe it. Well, the one that uh, the one here in town, um, which I, in Cincinnati, what which I went to before, was uh, it's kind of one of those coffee cup churches, you know what I mean? Like you just go in there, you just like cup holders, yeah. And a couple yeah, yeah, yeah. seats and loud music. So one of those... Um, this had like the folding, like the little movie theater seats, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of type. It's like a, it's like a dark, big auditorium. Yeah. Dark. Uh, yeah, really good music. Spiritually, I'm sure it's right. Well, no, right yeah, off. I don't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and probably more associated with like, um, it's orthodox uh, in belief, but probably charismatic in terms of you know, view, like just style and kind of. The, it's probably a mixed bag of people that go there, but yeah. it, it embraces that spectrum. I would say. Mm-hmm. Not not orthodox as in like Eastern Orthodox. Correct. You're talking about Do- more like doctrinal. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so then uh, the one over in the UK, I probably would uh, stylistically in terms of music would be the same, um, and the spirit of the place I'm sure is the same as well. But there is some differences I'd say in terms of just culture. I'm not sure how much of that would be British and how much of that would be just you know um, the culture of that particular church because it was small. The one mm-hmm. in uh, Tri County, Cincinnati, that was like. Six thousand a weekend, I yeah. think, at the time. And um, did what? you know that I worked there for two years? Yeah, no, yeah, that's right. Before before I started teaching, <laughs> yeah, I think I you weren't my first class. I think you were my second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you graduated right. in twenty eleven. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, but then uh, the one out the vineyard in St Andrews that I went to had like maybe one hundred twenty people. I think like on a on a good day. And that's because in term time, when students were in there, that was like 80% of the congregation was students. And in summers and over Christmas break, it's, it was quite quite empty. Yeah. In fact, they even took away like, the rows in those times and just had like tables and people would just hang out like it was like a, a like a little banquet round table event kind of thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so the semester has dramatically changed. Oh, so indeed. Whether school is in session, dramatically changed yeah. the size of the congregation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, in my fourth year, my final year at St. Andrews, I started a census call towards uh, helping plant a church uh, in Edinburgh, uh, the capital of Scotland, and that's about an hour south of St. Andrews. Okay. I, uh, I was interested in investigating ways to do that. There was a church, which a strong church out in Edinburgh right now operating called Central, uh, Central Church Edinburgh. I think their website is jesusattheheart.org, if you want to look it up. But What, what does that mean, to, to plant a church? Yeah, um, uh, the way that Central, their model, so I was looking at different models, but I was most excited about this one. They do mm-hmm. these things called missional communities, and it goes by different names yeah. for different places. But basically, it's it's a, you get a small group of people who say, all right, my our mission here is this neighborhood, or it's these, this group, like maybe it's like dog walkers in Covington, or it's, hey, surfers on a, in LA, like, or maybe it's just, hey, my local neighborhood of mm-hmm. Fort Thomas, or yeah. my neighborhood here, Oakley. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you make your whole community uh, focus on reaching that group. Mm-hmm. So you get involved in day-to-day things. You invite people from that group to any event you have. Um, and you style it to be like a big family in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't, you're, not, you're never lying to anyone. It's like, no, yeah, like we're this little group here. We're Christians. We're trying to show you who God is, you know, but it's, it's very uh, heavy invite and heavy, like you reorient your entire life, like all your social activities and where you live just to be near and part of that community. Mm-hmm. So it sounds pretty fun and it felt, it feels natural. Um, it doesn't, it feels, uh, it, does, it does not feel colonial in a way, even mm-hmm. if it's still in your own city. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Where sometimes it feels like I'm just going to export my thing onto you instead of right. meeting y'all where you're at. 
so uh, anyway, that's that seemed fun. Um, I was looking at ways to get involved there uh, in Edinburgh. However, uh, due to visa issues, uh, visa being ways to stay in the country, not the credit card, <laughs> they I wasn't uh, able to stay. Um, as we all know. So why didn't you just get married? Well, that's a you know. I mean, you could have stayed there. Right? You know, I'm just I'm just wasn't serious about the work. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's funny because even some friends of mine that got married, they uh, had went this whole ordeal to prove that it was a legitimate marriage because uh, yeah. a friend of mine, she was American, he is Scottish, and yeah, um, and they had to like send even like emails and texts, like copies of it, and Facebook messages to the immigration officer to prove, hey, this is real, like. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> we're not, we didn't just like you know this isn't like a I didn't Venmo him a hundred bucks to marry me or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was a I tried to to find avenues to stay, whether that's through you know church sponsorship or yeah. employment, um, because uh, an organization has to vouch for you. Oh, uh, okay. That's not sponsoring. It's not like they pay for you. It's like they yeah. say, hey, he's legit. He's with us. Uh-huh. And so the most common way that you do that is through getting like employment. Um, like and they have to be a certain asset, you know, like a certain level of skill that yeah. they, you know. And on the backs of uh, Brexit, <laughs> or this is actually before that, they yeah. there's a lot of just cutting down on these uh, opportunities, and there, a lot of companies were scared and were pres- preserving visas. Wait, what year was this? Because uh, 2015. Okay, well that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I didn't realize it was actually not too long ago. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but that makes sense. If you graduated high school yeah. in 2011. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, so it was already kind of in the air. Yes, a lot of a lot of Euroscepticism was already there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just uh, I guess foreign skepticism. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was a uh, it was so it was a tough time, and I left uh, Scotland and came back to Cincinnati where I grew up, with a lot of disappointment. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, it was disappointing because uh, I felt I had this call from God. At least I believed I did. You know, to um, be part of this thing and be part of give. And it wasn't just like a fun, like, hey, I'm going to, you know, keep partying and traveling. It's like, no, I was like giving a sacrifice of like yeah. to be part of this and to orient my life around it. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, Edinburgh is like beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's not like it's tropical. No. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like you're there. And it's not like, yeah. I mean, I can see, I, that would be exciting. I mean, especially mm-hmm. being, you know, growing up in the Midwest and living in Edinburgh. But yeah. But I'm I'm trying to make you know you're right. It's just because it's it sounds maybe exotic in some sense to us. When you get there and you've lived there for you know years now, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I think probably the adventure kind of feigned a little bit. And yeah, it tra- I said it trans it would transition in that stage. Yeah, because you go from the adventure being discovering something new to um, kind of that growth period of like all right, I'm sort of investing in like laying down roots for a purpose here. Yeah, and it's probably, yeah. in a sense, was you know, had become your community. and Yeah, really had, because, I mean, most communication I ever had would, at that time, would have been just with people I was around, yeah, physically right. near, you know? So it's not like I was... You developed all these relationships. Yeah. You, you know the You know the area. Yeah. You know, and you've left... I mean, you know, in 2015, you can keep up with your high school students, your high school friends, much better than when I could at your mm-hmm. age. Um mm-hmm. But still, I mean, you're you're you've left you know yeah. those emotional connections that you just can't keep up through mm-hmm. social media. So yeah, definitely. And, and so everyone, yeah, that'd be hard. If you yeah. kicked out of the country, you felt like God called you to to do something there. Yeah, and, and and you know everyone goes to college and leaves, and like most people don't hang around and stay with all their friends. So it's not like that was new. Like everyone has that experience. But the hard part for me was because 
I felt like God wanted me in this area. Yeah. And then I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, it was probably a mix of, you know, I feel like guilty, like I wasn't, couldn't pull through and stay there. Um, but also a lot of anger because I thought he called me somewhere and he didn't, he didn't even say, all right, well, I'm actually calling you over here. He just said uh, nothing. Like I didn't have any direction. He didn't say, all right, now you're in Cincinnati, go do this. Now you're back in the U.S. Here's your assignment. Oh, Scotland's for later, which I do believe. I think it's, I think, because he didn't tell me when. I just, mm. he just told me the thing, so I was just kind of going for it. But, um, but I, I so it was just disappointing because I'm like, all right, well, I have no direction now. Like my one thing is back there and I can't get to it. So what's next? And I went through this probably six month period right after graduation of just, you know, just being in a valley and just, I, you know, got a couple part-time yeah. jobs and these kind of things. But like, it was just hard to even, if I was going to get like a full-time job somewhere, I'm thinking, well, but like, why? Like, what's the mission behind it? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I doing it for? What's the bigger thing I'm a part of? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was going to, I was going to church and all that in that time, but I just... So you didn't go through like a crisis of faith? Not in the, like, I, mean, I, I, like I never, traditional I never way, doubted yeah. like, like God being there and being active. I just thought, okay, but what's like, are, but about my situation, like, what do you care yeah. about, you know? I mean, did you doubt yourself? I mean, like, did it oh, undermine sure. your sense of, you know, do I, do I ha- really have the ability to, Well, know? yeah, it's like, well, it's like, hey, God, like, you know, I know you, you know, say you love all of us, but like, I'm trying, I tried so hard, man, to like, do what you wanted. Yeah. Um, to follow through and to obey and put myself in the position for that. And it feels like you didn't really care. You know, mm. it feels like mm-hmm. uh, you gave me something and then just kind of said, all right, screw you, go do your, th- go do this and. I'll see you on the other side, maybe. Um, yeah. But then he wasn't there. <laughs> like this aloof kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's like, all right, go do it. You know, I thought I might, you know, I kind of thought you'd yeah. be good at this, but. <laughs> yeah. I'm God, so deal with it. Yeah, I don't really want to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty, it was pretty, it was honestly pretty rough. Um, and because I just didn't feel like any connection anywhere. Yeah. Like, all right, I guess I'm just floating through space, um, through life. <laughs> but then I'm kind of thinking, well, you know what? A few months into this, I'm thinking there's not a, I'm still trying to pray, and I it's it's tough to pray because every time I sit down to do it, like ten minutes into it, I'm just angrier than I was before. Yeah, because I'm just because I just had so much emotion about this event. Yeah, um, that I'm thinking, well, how do I even pray if I'm just going to come away more pissed off than I was yeah. to begin with? Yeah. Eventually, um, I got to this place where I felt like God was started to invite me and started to ask, like, okay, but what do you want? You know, like. Out of all this stuff, like I know you felt this call before, and I know you want to be other places, blah blah blah. But right now, if there's one thing, man, what do you want? And so I, at the time, I all throughout college, I've been listening to podcasts from um, the sermons of this church out in California called Bethel Church. Uh, they're in Redding, uh, which is north of San Francisco, mm. and I've been following their music, which a lot of people do. Uh, I. Had, I was, worked at a camp out in California the summer before college, right mm. after high school. So I'd heard of... Is, is this the camp that all, all the the students went to? Um, yeah, J.H. Ranch. J.H. Ranch, yeah. yes, I remember this. Yeah. yeah. Call it a camp. They, they like to call it a guest ranch. So <laughs> if, they, if they're listening. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But uh, yeah, and I first heard about Bethel Church from folks out there that would just go... Because it was near the area, um, so they'd kind of go down and catch a yeah. weekend sermon, that kind of thing. Anyway... But uh, it was, but I really loved and appreciated that church because it was kind of my food, spiritual food, a lot of the times during college. Like I would listen to sermon every week and just you know stay fresh. Um, so when God asked me after after college, like, hey, what do you want? 
the one thing that I really felt like I just needed, I just honestly want to go out to Bethel just, um, I don't know, a month, six months, I don't know, and just mm-hmm. rest and pray and just like get fed essentially and um, try to figure out what life's going to be about. Mm-hmm. So that I kind of I had my question, you know, it's like, what am I going to do with life now? Mm-hmm. Now that my preconceived expectations have been, if not shattered, I don't want to be dramatic, but like at least put off for maybe a decade, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can identify with some of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All good. <laughs> um, so I, uh, it was, it's towards December when I finally had saved enough money, I'd done some done a little basic math on a napkin to how much will I need to actually get out there and <laughs> Sounds very stay out yeah. Yes, yes, just kind of go for it. I like, think you turned in some assignments work. on a napkin at <laughs> yeah. one point. Maybe not. In it's probably my best work, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so yeah, I, I packed up my, my wee little Camry and all my worldly goods, which for the record did all fit in the Camry. I'm not a, <laughs> so was, this, is a, this is a total pilgrimage. I was like, because I didn't know if I was going to stay did out there. Did you... Did you get rid of anything, or did uh, you just not have much to begin with? I probably didn't have a ton. Yeah. I probably got rid of some... I did get rid of things when I moved from Scotland back to the U.S. Yeah. Just because I'm like... I, I had the u- ukulele out there, which I would lead like our small group worship with quite poorly, but they were very gracious. Yeah. And I just gave that away. Well, I mean, ukulele is, you know, hey, everything you know, kind of sounds fun. Hey, you know what? Good with the ukulele. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a gracious instrument. Yes, it is. For yeah. the noblest of feedings. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I gave away a lot of stuff then, so I feel like I kind of already jettisoned a lot of, honestly, like like identity or college identity in that act of leaving college. Yeah. Um, did, did you, so on the way out there, did you have to, you know, throw anything out of the window and kind of you know, get funny. rid of weight? I mean, that's, I'm kind of joking. About I know, yeah. <laughs> well, um, what did I do? On the way out there, I did. St- I stopped in Denver, so I, I went straight from Cincinnati. I left on Christmas Eve. Bless my mom's heart. <laughs> because okay, wow, yeah, it's that's kinda, a great. That is a great detail. Yeah, I, uh, um, it's kind of dramatic, maybe. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. It was kind of like tell 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 me about that. Like what what maybe, happened? You know, like what what was the reaction of your mom? I assume your dad was pretty. Yeah, my parents were that they recognized, and we'd been talking to stuff that yeah. I wasn't happy and it wasn't out of the no, out of nowhere it wasn't just like yeah. hey guys see the see you next year maybe yeah um <laughs> it was more of a like i've been struggling with for months and trying to um debrief on these things but i wasn't getting clear answers and really i just needed to hear from god you mm-hmm. know like i just needed to know what he was thinking um so i ended up talking with them and i expressed this idea before i went now like what and Maybe I don't want to interrupt you too much, but but it does make me think. Like, what made you think that you needed to go to California to hear from yeah. God? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Yeah, um, I'd say it's because I probably had probably because I recognized there was a lot of emotion I already had wrapped up in that church in particular. Yeah, because of two things. One. I had gone there back in the summer between college and high school, mm-hmm. where I was in an excellent place. I always feel like I was. I you know was, I didn't peak in high school, but <laughs> I feel like I was in a pretty high mm-hmm. high uh, high point and was hearing from God quite clearly and easily. And um, there's probably some subconscious association with that time. Yeah. Um, also, I had been listening to them all four years of college, and so I had a lot of respect for the church and the atmosphere around it. Mm-hmm. That I'd be able to. I just I honestly just knew I had the faith that if I went, I would hear. Yeah. And not even have someone tell me what God was thinking, but just I knew for some reason I was just like, I just believed, I suppose, that 
if I went, I would hear. Yeah. And I don't even know if that's, I'm sure, I mean, God can speak anywhere. He does speak anywhere. But I don't think, um, he might have just spoken to me out there because I had the faith that I would hear out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if it's a bit paradoxical, but for whatever reason, I knew if I, knew if I went, I would hear. Yeah. So that was enough for me. Um, now, okay, so kind of, I was joking when I said, did you throw <laughs> things out of the window when you were on your way? But I do want to, I, before we get to California, mm-hmm. I want to talk about that that travel period. That, oh, definitely. That in between, because you know, I'm I'm reading this um, book by uh, Philip Sheldrake, and he talks about um, the locus of sacred, and and he was talking about you know because I I study early Christianity and 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 um, pilgrimage activity in mm-hmm. early Christianity, and um, and not and this is uh, kind of before. The heyday of of or like maybe when pilgrimage that we think of you know um, started in around the fourth fifth century. I'm talking about earlier than that. But um, one thing that changed in early Christianity is you know before because early Christians were Jews and so their locus of sacred was the temple in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and so that was a destination that you go to at least three times. There were three pilgrimage um, festivals and. And Philip Sheldrake talked about how um, what started to change in the new kind of her early Christianity was that that place of sacred was dissipated because talking about uh, the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. and then and the whole idea, especially um, especially in the Gospel of Luke, how the Holy Spirit is now in in all you know. And Paul talks about this too. St. Paul talks about this in, in Corinthians, but just how um, we become the body of, of, of the Holy Spirit, or the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the idea of... The, of so then there's no more locus of sacred oriented in a geographical place. And then he talked about how what started to change was, or even the stories of journey in the New Testament, it's always in the kind of um, what some would call the liminal space, mm-hmm. that in-between, mm-hmm. that um, is when somebody be transformed. So it's like, it's almost like there would be this kind of, um, like, for, for example, you know, St. Paul's on the road to Damascus for a very different reason um, than what ultimately transpires, but it's on that journey, you know, it's on that, you know, from Jerusalem to Damascus that he has this encounter with the risen Christ. And, and, uh, so I think, you know, and I know I have a good friend, um, well, I don't know if good friend, but, uh, but I have a new friend and we were talking the other day, um, about pilgrimage because she's actually, um, done some PhD stuff in pilgrimage. And, um, she, she talks a lot about the liminal space. So I want you to talk about, you know, uh, hopefully you've got something to say about it. Hopefully, <laughs> but but that liminal space, you know, through. because driving from Cincinnati to California <laughs> yeah. takes a little bit of time. No, genuine. No, I uh, mean, even if you are twenty-seven yeah. years old and you're by yourself, <laughs> yeah. you know, it still takes a little bit of time. You got a lot to think about. Um, you're probably going to meet somebody between now and then, mm-hmm. or between you know Cincinnati and and Redding, California. So talk about that. Yeah, you know, what happened during that? You know, it's funny, actually, because um, I would say confidently that the journey out there was as meaningful and as critical yeah. um, as my actual time right. in Reading. And that's because 
um, I suppose it, it felt, first of all, it felt like progress. It felt like I was actually moving towards something I wanted and believed in um, and wasn't just sitting and waiting and thinking and whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So there's instantly some sort of freedom or release or like I'm finally being me mm-hmm. <laughs> to sound a, a millennial for a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I, yeah, I would love to talk more about that. But what does that mean? Um, and but when you say finally being me, what does that mean? Not necessarily from a millennial standpoint, sure. but just, just for person. you personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say it's, it's a lot of it's uh, just acknowledging um, what you want. Yeah. That, I, yeah. What you need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I think a lot of people, some people will say we'll struggle with direction. Um, like, oh, I don't really know what I want, blah, blah, blah. I need some need guidance. I think that 99% of the time, um, for ev- anybody, that's not true. Mm-hmm. I think that the real root of it is you're afraid to admit mm-hmm. what you want. Mm-hmm. Or you're afraid to go for it. Like maybe you don't, you perceive the risk is too great or it's just impossible or for whatever reason. Um, and I think that for me in my situation, like I knew what I wanted. And when I finally started going towards it, mm-hmm. then I started to feel some of that release because I was relieving that tension. I had that cognitive dissonance maybe of mm-hmm. like I wanted this, but I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was finally doing it. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because even with what you want, like, not that's not always a good thing. Like if you admit, oh, I want this, like, but it's actually not healthy. Like, that's not to say that um, it's always the right decision to unabashedly chase, you know, indulgence. Um, however, uh, I think it's necessarily healthy to admit it. What that thing is. Yeah, and I don't. You're right. I mean, I, I mean, it might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a hard thing to judge or, and you don't have to, sometimes what you need, maybe you don't always have to qualify it as good or bad. Sure. It's just what you need. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I wouldn't have felt permission or whatever you want to say, but like call it, um, if I didn't feel like God was already asking me, what do you want? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and, but him asking that means that for whatever reason, I was probably holding myself back from going for it. I don't know. Maybe I was waiting for order instead of volunteering as a, suggestion you know what i mean just uh yeah you're what you kind of yeah i mean you you, did you feel like i feel like edinburgh was an order or did you was it something okay i feel like he was like here's something for you here's something i want you to do Mm. so i feel like god wanted to maybe challenge my theology my understanding of him a bit and who he was as a person you know Mm. he wanted me to see things as more like this is a us and him journey not just like we're just slaves you know Mm -hmm. but we're his Mm -hmm. friends so we get to participate in the plans as well as the execution. Yeah. Um, so on the way out there, I first, it was four day, four legs to this journey. First, I, I went out to, um, from Cincinnati to Kansas City, um, uh, Missouri, or on the edge of Kansas, right? Yeah, right there. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's right. It's kind of like Cincinnati. It's, <laughs> although Northern Kentucky doesn't call themselves Cincinnati, but it's no, Cincinnati's kind of straddles this <laughs> these two states yeah yeah um kansas city yeah it straddles it's uh i heard about this place called ihop international house of prayer all yeah. in high school and all these things that's just 24 hour prayer room like every, 24 hours a day seven days a week there's always someone praying and leading worship in this room yeah. um so it seems pretty interesting you know it's uh some people would make a pilgrimage to that site you know did um, you know i have to say that i've made a pilgrimage to that site. oh yeah yeah um back in, when i was married um with to um, my first wife, she was really into um, IHOP, mm-hmm. which you know sounds like the <laughs> pancake yeah. place. Yeah, I was to clarify that, and um, it wasn't something that I was super excited about. Yeah, um, 
and I can't say honestly that I loved the experience. Um, you know, you know, so now I'm Episcopalian and for many who understand what that means, I'm, you know, I'm a little more progressive or I mean, some would say liberal than, than maybe, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> then, uh, then you may have realized I was when, um, when I was teaching at a more conservative Christian high school. Um, but I, you know, I mean, I remember at the time just, you know, cause I had, I had grown up as a Pentecostal, mm-hmm. um, understanding the vineyard community and, um, and I remember just, you know, one thing that what makes the reason why I've kind of made this journey over to um, the Episcopal Church is every time I was in a place like IHOP, it was my, I just like felt this sense of critic, you know, like this, I was always critiquing and like my heart closed up. Like mm-hmm. it was like, for me, this was the opposite of what it was doing for everybody around me. I gotcha. You're right. Gotcha. And I was like, I just, I can't, this does not in any way produce or um, inspire or or um, make me feel closer to God. Yeah. Um, so it was like, I knew that, like, that this was just not my thing. But it's funny because, you know, I wanted to support my wife and, and, uh, and, but I remember it was quite an experience. I mean, because we drove out to Kansas City, Missouri, you yeah. know, and yep. it was cold and, and, uh, and even though it wasn't, you know, the most exciting experience I'd ever had or the most spiritual one for sure, um, there were some too. I mean, it, it was definitely, um, yeah. I, I came back. We talk about Chris, my co host, and I, we've talked, we, we've, we talk about this book that we read early on in the podcast called The Art of Pilgrimage. And mm-hmm. one of the thing about pilgrimage, he, um, the author, Phil Cosinos, talks about bringing back the boon. And and um, it's like, what do you bring back from a pilgrimage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and sometimes, and he even talks about the concept of return. And return, you know, I've analyzed or even kind of overthought the idea of what does return really look like? Because because you went out to California, you've returned back to Cincinnati, but sometimes return can be, can take different forms. But the whole concept is you never come back or whether that's geographically, but once you go on something like this, you're changed in some way. Mm -hmm. And whether it, it just kind of, it puts you, kind of shifts your trajectory a little bit Mm -hmm. and takes you on a whole different path or you're completely transformed. But you always bring something back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Gilgamesh, right? Yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's I. It's good to know that that <laughs> you know these kind of ancient mythologies I've, that we talked about in class just, a long time ago. Just the YouTube summaries uh, of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, I, uh, I do recall. But go ahead. Um, so talk about. So we were talking about that liminal space. You're getting out there. I keep interrupting you. You got to Kansas City. Um, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. So it's funny. Yeah, actually, it's funny you mentioned the cold thing because. The reason I left on towards Christmas is because I, I just felt this urgency. I knew I would, if I stayed Christmas in Cincinnati when I knew I wanted to go, it wouldn't be good for anyone. Like, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. having a good Christmas. My parents wouldn't because they would, I would either, I wouldn't be giving them, you know, a lip or anything, but like, they uh, they would recognize that, I, you know, I'd want to be somewhere else. I'm like, let's just go. Let's just yeah. get life going, you know? Yeah. Life's waiting. Let's go. So, went to, um, arrived in Kansas City on Christmas Eve. Um, same day I left, 
that night, I, I'd never been to IHOP, heard about it a ton, listened to a lot of music in high school, and so I wanted to peek in, mm-hmm. see what was going on. Um, so I went in the prayer room, uh, it's a big place, um, and there's a surprising amount of people there uh, that night on Christmas Eve, and you know people were going all night. I was in there for a couple hours, um, just hanging out. <laughs> this is Christmas Eve. You, yeah. you, had, yeah. you got to Kansas City on Christmas Oh, so yeah. you left. Yeah, so I left. Yeah, home. I think Christmas Eve, I think the nighttime, but you probably left yeah, the morning of morning. Christmas Eve. Got it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so disappointingly, I didn't hear any carols being sung. Uh, I'm a, not surprised. In the prayer room, but, you know, we'll see. Could have done some, I don't know, electric guitar covers of it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know what people do these days. But, uh, yeah, so I was in there a couple hours. It was fun. Um, they used to have, like, bunk beds you could stay in, like, back in the day a few years ago, but I guess they got rid of it because a bunch of hipster, you know, unwashed, you know, young Christians like myself would come in and try to mooch off of that. So what I did is I actually stepped, slept in my car in the back seat, cramped, and as you as you do, um, I put up some, like, coats or blankets or something like that above the windows so no one would recognize. Yeah. They would think it was just a car yeah. from someone yeah. inside and not someone trying to stay the night in a parking yeah. lot. <laughs> and so This I, is sounding like this is great. a traditional pilgrimage, no, actually. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad because it, yeah. you know, it's funny because I definitely didn't think of it as one when I went. Yeah. But I, you know, retrospectively, I suppose, mm-hmm. I'm like this is pretty, this is pretty great, it's pretty fun. Yeah. And so I um, slept there that night. Next morning, went into the prayer room to say hi to Jesus again. Uh, this Christmas morning, and still people there. Maybe some of the same people, <laughs> honestly, because some of them look like they were there all night. Yeah. Um, next door to the coffee shop, I think it was called Hebrews or something equally cringy, and uh, Holy Ground. Oh, no doubt, one of those. And. Got my breakfast, hit the road, Jack, and it was great. I was I was off across beautiful Kansas. Genuinely, I think Kansas is strikingly beautiful on the way out. Now on the way back, it was really not exciting because I probably was just had a great attitude that morning. So I was like, this is great. I love this brown grass everywhere. This is beautiful. Yeah. I love these wind turbines. <laughs> but uh, no. It's yeah, not- I mean, well, what's cool about Kansas is um, if you get out to western Kansas, which you would have mm-hmm. because you're actually going out to California, you have these giant Catholic churches in the middle of like wheat fields, because <laughs> Western Kansas. I didn't know this until um, um, I, I think I was in my mid twenties that that Western Kansas is very Catholic, mm. and so I was just it just seemed like very out of place because you'd be <laughs> driving on these highways you could see for miles, and you see these giant Catholic churches, you know, that are made completely you know built out of stone, and they're just sitting there in the wheat field, yeah. you know, and you think of Midwestern Kansas. America, and you think of religious Kansas, and you mm-hmm. and you think these little I don't know strip mall churches, mm-hmm. and you know, or the maybe the traditional steeple kind of right. white church, you know, with the with the white steeple, fanning themselves. not these giant yeah Catholic <laughs> churches. So it seemed totally out of place. Um, but yeah, but keep going. Yeah, so. yeah. So uh, kept going. It's been a, take a takes a day to drive through Kansas, believe it or not. No, I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny, they had these toll, toll booths on the road because they know that no one's going through Kansas except to get through. So they, <laughs> so they might All right, not. so if you're from Kansas listening to this, I mean, I'm sorry I'll visit for, you, yeah. but then I didn't know you then, so <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to get through, guys, to be honest. All right, get us in, get into Colorado. So my sister, one of my sisters lives in Colorado, so I was planning on staying with her. And I actually, so I actually ended up staying with her a few days, like cause I, five days, I think. Like I, inter- I spent Christmas um, with... Her and her future in-laws, because she was engaged, mm-hmm. um, and they got me gifts. It was nice, you know, oh. some, uh, some just like a something for the trip, pretty like some socks for the travels. Yeah, nice Colorado branded socks. Yeah, I still wear. 
And were, they, were they alpaca fur? <laughs> they were these bright, like, it looks like a Colorado flag. So they're actually my favorites because they're just bright, bright colors. Um, yeah, I imagine. I mean, I've been to Colorado plenty of times, but yeah. but I imagine. I don't think I've ever bought socks there, but um, yeah. I know you can probably buy normal socks, but it seems like everything there is probably Patagonia or... Everything in there is or, just trendy, or you know. REI. Or, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so I stayed with them. I interviewed for a job out there as well. It was one that I already I had already interviewed for in Cincinnati, but was kind of waiting to take in case I wanted to move to Denver because um, I wasn't sure. Um, so I stayed there, met some my uh, future brother-in-law's family when they were all lovely, of course, and. Um, yeah, then I, after spending some time with my sister and interviewing this job and meeting some of her friends and going to her church out there, um, then I continued on, and uh, this time into the mountains. And as soon as I, like the morning I left Denver and started traveling into the mountains, yeah. um, man, I'm just like, something in, your spirit just comes alive. I don't know. Like, I love mountains. I'll, I'll do mountains before beach, honestly, like I, and just because they, they represent what I wanted, which was adventure and challenge and beauty and all these things all at once. Oh, I mean, you can't really have a, a real spiritual journey without that mountains mountain. involved. <laughs> that mountain experience. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was great. So even just driving through it, honestly. Um, and as I, so I just leave Colorado, I think I, you know, go through was it Wyoming and all that. And as you're on this plateau and approaching the continental divide, um, it's, uh, it's funny because everything is, like the, I'll stop at gas stations and people will say, "Oh, you're far from home, aren't you?" Like very stereotypical stuff. And I'm like, "Yeah," but I, I'm loving it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, every day is close. Like every part is closer, and each leg um, is different. And the nights between Denver and California, there is nothing there. Like it's funny actually, because um, there's uh, there's a stretch of highway between uh, I think it was it Salt Lake and like California, where it's 99 miles of nothing. Like it's, they paved this road over these salt flats. Mm-hmm. So I think if you drove off to the side, your car would just like slowly sink into this mire. Hmm. Um, but if you're just on the road, you're fine. I'm sure there's a metaphor in there somewhere. But uh, oh yeah, that, that... <laughs> some Pilgrim's Progress. <laughs> hey, Pilgrim, there you go. <laughs> right. Um, but it's and there's no gas stations. There's no shoulder. You can't pull off. So like, and the speed limit is 80. It's the only place I've where I've seen that's legally. Are there are there giant signs saying? There was one that said, "Make like, sure you have plenty of gas." No, there's. I saw one billboard on the way out there, like to California, that said 99 miles until the next hotel." And I was like, "Ah, I'm fine. I'll just pull off to the side if I get tired." And I didn't, because it was at night, so I didn't even know that I was driving like essentially on like, a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> You're I'm like, oh, "I'll be fine." So, uh, your strategy was if you get tired, <laughs> just to pull on the shoulder, yeah, and sleep. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I lived so. <laughs> Uh, I'm telling you, uh, this is all descriptive experience, yeah. not, not prescriptive. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do what Dieter does. Yeah. But maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Take what you will. Yeah. You're, adult, you're all adults. Yeah. You can make your choice. Yeah. So I went out there and, uh, yeah, so there's no towns, like, conveniently between um, Denver and California. Like, uh, you can, I think Park City is sort of there. Uh, Salt Lake is sort of there. But you just kind of, I was just trying to get through it. So I ended up stopping at night in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Like, yeah. I pull out, of, pull off to this exit, and there's no towns and no gas stations or nothing. Like, so this, this is not on the salt flat. This is just in the middle of a mountain region, um, and there's no even lights on the side. Like, I, I went off to like 
I turned a couple corners just to make sure like no one on the highway would see a car and try to like ax murder me or something. Mm-hmm. But like there was nothing going on. Um, so I just, I'm like, all right, well, let's go to spot as any. Um, I'll just sleep. Got in the passenger seat, leaned the chair back, and I got like six hours of sleep and woke up freezing because it's like <laughs> December in a mountain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's funny. So then I get out of my car to, you know, get over to the driver's seat. But as I get out and I look up and I'm just, like dumbstruck by these stars yeah. and the beauty of it. Um, and just the purity, because there's no lights, there's no cities, there's nothing. Um, and there's something about, uh, I've always been, I mean, who doesn't love stars, but I've always loved it because it, it, even more, more than mountains, I'll see stars and I'll think of, I guess, the beginning and um, just the fact that the story, there's a story going on that's not yours. Mm-hmm. It's bigger. You know, it's mm-hmm. not it's not your story. It's not your dad's story. It's not your family's or your country's. Mm-hmm. Even this hemisphere's like it's ancient. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And knowing that people long ago, knowing that Jesus and Abraham and all these folks would look up and could see a very similar thing to what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose it's that transcendent. It's that that it can it connects you um, and mm-hmm. reminds you that yeah, you have a role. And you're actually you're not insignificant, but your significance is contextual. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, all throughout this trip, I've been, because I've just been me by myself in the car, and because my attitude is shifting, because I'm thinking I'm getting closer, you know, yeah. I'm driving. Yeah. I've been talking to God this whole time, and I'm like, I feel like this, the door opened, and I'm sure it was my own door that I closed. I, I don't know. But either way, I'm like, I feel like I can talk to you again. I feel like I can hear even now. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, I'm just in a lot of excitement for life, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of things like, I'll, I try to talk to God like all the time. I, I talk to him every day. Mm-hmm. But the, the stuff that I hear most of the time, it's not about I'm hearing some new idea or these particular words. It's just the attitude behind it, mm-hmm. you know, and just figuring out who he is through it is the real stuff. You know, it's like any relationship. Like you, you and your spouse or your friends, you can talk about the weather, you can talk about jokes, you can talk about other friends, you can laugh at news. I don't know. But it's not about your friends, not because you just exchange ideas your friends because you are building trust and intimacy and just and just relationship through the conversation yeah you know not on top of it mm-hmm. anyway so that final day make the final trek get into california drive through last in national forest and um at this this is the transition from the height where like i'm getting from the plateau and snow covered down into the at the valley it, it ch- changes from like 10 degrees um fahrenheit down to like 50 um, just in like 20 minutes of going down this, in, wow. in, in yeah. descending into Redding and Shasta County yeah. and, and the valley there. Um, and I'm excited, man, because it's like, I feel like I'm really here for the first time. Because mm-hmm. I was there once before years ago, I didn't know anything about it, but now it's like I know it, now I feel associated with it. And it did, like like Edinburgh, actually, there's only two places where I've ever gone that I'm like, this feels like home. Edinburgh feels like that to me. Um, Redding feel, felt like that when I was going in. Um so I went, and uh, first stop I went was to um, Bethel Church and the prayer room there, mm. and because the prayer room they've was per- it like IHOP? Uh, no. So no. okay, IHOP has like a band going twenty four seven and people praying and lots of room. Bethel has a, a little house, little shack offset to the church, which is open twenty four seven. There doesn't there's not always someone in there. They don't like have like a rota, um, and there's not music, just mm-hmm. like soft music in the background, but. And anyone can go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just went there just to pray and thank God for getting me there. 
you know, did not fall off the side yeah. of the road in Salt Lake and <laughs> not sliding well, down the mountain. Well, and thank God for that experience with the stars yeah. because, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of those um, mm-hmm. serendipitous moments that you don't, you didn't plan for. And yeah, you can't really plan for beauty in, this, yeah. in a lot of the times. You can even try to craft it, but, like, the stuff that strikes you, that inspires yeah. you, it's hard, to, it's hard to, you can't really plan to be inspired in the same way. You can just make yourself available to it. Um, yeah, you know, we, um, Chris and I just interviewed an author who wrote this book called The Guidebook Experiment, and he he went to these countries to um, just see what would happen if he just went kind of off the cuff and um, without planning and without really even information mm-hmm. that, that he relied so heavily on with guidebooks mm-hmm. and before and then all his travel, because he was, he was a pretty extensive traveler. And um, he... I mean, he acknowledged that there was something that, you know, kind of a bringing back the boon for him. Like, he got something out of it, and it changed the way he does things. But um, I felt like almost even in the interview, I had to remind him, hey, I think what you did, like, because he was, he, was he was really kind of critical of it. And I was like, what you did, I thought, was um, really noble in, in a lot of sense because, I mean, he was willing to suffer and to really... And, to answer questions in, in his own curiosities. And I think a lot of the experiences he had, he would have never had if he would have, you know, if his method would have been very different and, and, um, less calculated. Mm. And I think, I, I just think in journeys like this, I think sometimes, you know, you can overplan and when you overplan, you miss out on, um, on the unexpected beauty. So yeah, so you're in that shack, praying. Yeah, uh, you know, probably for many things. That's Hopefully, true. you prayed for that, or you 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 were thankful for that. For yeah, that that's true. if I had planned to find a hotel every night, then I probably I wouldn't have been able to see yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, things that's would have been very different, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, it's in a better context. Actually, to add more to the unplanned nature of it, it wasn't just that I wandered outside and saw it, and like as I was getting out, I was getting out in the morning because I was, you know, going to take a leak because that's what you do yeah, when you wake yeah, up. Yeah, because you have to go to the bathroom. And it was in that yeah. just very natural moment of, hey, I'm here. Yeah. I see this. You look up. Yeah. 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 That's, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, hotel art is, you know, amazing. <laughs> but I don't think kind, it inspires so. all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So I get to the Reading. I'm praying. And um, the whole time I'm there, I, I, I had this journal that I... I wasn't saving for this, but I just yeah. happened to un- take the plastic film off of for it. And I have this journal, which I fill up half of it um, in just in the first two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm hanging out there. And the rest of the journal, I actually filled out throughout the rest of the year mm-hmm. of 2016. Um, so, like, just I was getting a ton of information and prayer and just inspiration. And mm-hmm. it's great. I loved it. You know, it's exactly, exactly what I needed. Um, I... Uh, felt inspired by God. I felt like he spoke about a lot of things. But the biggest thing I took away from that was um, in terms of direction, and the initial question I went to, to answer was um, praying about what I do. You know, I, I had a couple of job opportunities. I got in the call. Um, I got a call from the people in Denver. They liked me too. Mm-hmm. I, I had gotten accepted to one in Cincinnati. But I came to Reading, right? Mm-hmm. I came there to get something more. And so I'm, I'm praying and I'm like, okay, Lord, like, what are you thinking? I could stay here in Reading um, and be part of this church and be part of these people, which I really connect well to. Yeah. Um, and the mission and like the people that the people here that would just believe for more. You know, it wasn't complacent. Um, so that was an exciting environment mm. for me. 
uh, not very British a lot of times, unfortunately. I love Britain so much, but I think a lot of folks there um, struggle with inspiration um, mm. and are, are taught to uh, measure themselves to the status quo um, mm. and not to really like, believe there's more. You're looked down upon, honestly, if there's a little bit of uh, ambition or idealism, honestly, if I was, could say that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So I really uh, appreciated being there. I was, so I was also saying, well, Laura, you know, I went to Denver and actually, you know, it's hilarious. The, I got on, I got on so well with the people in Denver, like uh, these people, my sister's friends, I just got like a, got a drink with when I met up with them and uh, with her, like, I didn't know any of them going into it. And I had maybe some of the best and easiest and like lightest conversations I yeah. had with them. And I don't think any of them were even Christians. Like maybe, maybe one, I don't know. Other than my sister, it's like, I just got on so well. And I'm like, this is, there's something really here as well, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, okay, I could stay there. Um, I could go back there and take the job there and move to Denver, be with my sister and in-laws family. And like, they're at, everything seems pretty great. And the church there, I really liked as well that I visited. Um, and then I kept on thinking like, yeah, but what's going on in Cincinnati? Um, and I did not like Cincinnati when I came here from college. Um, but I, I think I'd, I felt like through my observation, also from God just kind of prodding me on it a bit, he was saying, yeah, I think you showed me Cincinnati and the Cincinnati area, which includes North Kentucky, would be, it's a place that's on the edge. Um, I kind of pictured it like like a needle, like like tilting one way or the other. And there's been all this push, like revitalization, renovation mm-hmm. of like over the Rhine and like Main Strauss and Covington mm-hmm. and these things and businesses coming in and um, these accelerators and entrepreneurs and these things. And that's all lovely. And I actually do genuinely think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. However, um, I don't see it as guaranteed. I see, don't see any of the renovi- renovation, revitaliza- revitalization or right. gentrification, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't see any of that as permanent um, necessarily. I don't see it going away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just an option. I don't think anything's set in stone. I think we're at a, a crossroads um, as a mm. city area as a region um southern ohio north kentucky yeah and uh so i'm thinking well you know it's funny because even if i didn't appreciate at the moment like my time being there if i want to have the greatest impact um and have something i don't know disproportionate impact i think the opportunity actually would be in cincinnati Mm -hmm. and it's funny because actually at the time i thought well who's having the who's having a disproportionate impact in cincinnati what organizations are people? And actually, I thought about Crossroads, the church where I'm mm-hmm. going to and working now. Yeah. The church I'm a part of. And I actually wasn't planning on working there. That's another story to itself. I was just planning on being there. So it's kind of a, been a funny thing because I thought that Crossroads as a church itself was at this interesting <laughs> crossroads of its direction and its yeah. future. I didn't yeah. think it is like going to fail or anything like that, but I thought its character and who it was going to become, who it's becoming now, um, is very much... Um, kind of being decided. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because after the fact is when they actually adopted the churches in central Kentucky and now it's like a firmly in two different states instead of, you know, because before they had yeah, sites they, in they're all, doing all these satellite Cincinnati campuses and, around the yeah, city. Yeah, There was one in Florence area, but it's all still Cincinnati region. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so it's uh, it's been an interesting journey. And, and so I, I feel like I saw at least Cincinnati being in this interesting crossroads. So I thought, okay, you know what? Like, I see Reading as a good thing. None of the, none of these. I feel like he didn't say any of these options are sin. He he brought the same question again. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Like here's here's what is laying out. Like Reading would be a good place to be. Denver would be better because of the opportunities to challenge and grow you, as well as the community that's still there. Mm-hmm. 
but I think Cincinnati would be best. Um, this is what I sense, uh, sensed him kind of putting on me, as, which is um, a lot of impact, you know? Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be harder in some ways, um, but there could be a much greater good on the other side of it. Like, and, and we probably, this is a great story, and, I, and yeah. honestly, just listening to you um, tell it has been really great. I mean, I've just, um, you know, when you go into things like this, you don't really, it's kind of, you don't know what to expect, and um, you've made me think about a lot of things, um, but we're, like, going yep. pretty long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so want to put a bow on it? <laughs> no, what I want to, I want to ask you just a couple more questions, um, because we probably could talk another hour, um, <laughs> is what does that mean? You, you want to have impact. And second of all, like, how did that pilgrimage affect the way, you know, this impact you talk about, like, mm-hmm. could you have had this impact or this perception that you have, you, you can have impact without this pilgrimage? The biggest thing I took away from the pilgrimage was um, a choice. Like, I chose to be here. When I left Scotland, Got it. I was yeah. more or less kicked out. Yeah. And I didn't have... My default was Cincinnati because my family was here. I just didn't have anywhere to stay. Like, mm-hmm. So I, I had to leave the country, and I had to come back here. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, there wasn't freedom in that, yeah. you know? It was just, here yeah. I am. Um, but going away and coming back, I brought back direction. I brought back vision for myself and what I could bring to the city mm-hmm. and just the communities here. I don't want to sound grandiose, like I'm going to save the city or like that. But I felt like I had... I know what you mean. I could yeah, bring, and I, I could bring, and, right. be present, yeah. you know, and not wishing I was gone. Yeah. Um, and the difference between now and then is like that choice, you know, like I'm, I'm here for, I'm here to do something. I'm here for something. I'm not here just because I'm floating through, you know, I was... Yeah, yeah. Or you're, you're not yeah. stuck here. And the, so now it's like... You've chosen this city. Mm-hmm. You're here. You're ready to, you know, roll up your sleeves and do what you need to do mm-hmm. to make it a better city, to to bring justice, to bring yeah. all those things that the city needs. Um, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, you chose to return. I, I mean, did. because I, I, you know, I know some people who have a story of going out to a city to live in a different city, and they end up staying at a stop along the way mm-hmm. um and that's what they needed and that's mm-hmm. good for them yeah what i love about your story is that you got out there and you said i need to i i need to return and and now you're here and you chose this place yeah and i love that and i mean and, and that you know we, we, we i keep trying to figure out what this whole pilgrimage thing is and that just sounds so much like because I, mean, I remember when we talked about this. You know, we we went out and had pizza and a beer, and 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 uh, and I said, "Hey, this is what I'm doing," and and uh, and you're like, "Well, I went on a pilgrimage," and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, I want to hear more about that." <laughs> and and I was surprised that you called it that, you know, and that you, even that term was something familiar to you. And um, not that I, you know, yeah. I mean, you're very intelligent, and but just it's not a term that everybody just walks around and talks about and uses, right? I mean, and it, it, it might be more a part of the vocabulary now, but, but, uh, well, I think what, what you've just told me and what you told us is it really constitutes, man, this, just, a. I think when, and, and I think when, you know, over the course of the, of a few podcasts, we always feel like Chris and I always feel like, you know, sometimes we nail down a definition of pilgrimage and then it just, we just blows up, you know, a couple of sentences later after we contradict ourselves. <laughs> but there is this like, 
you know, this core, this essence of what we think of what I, I of what we think pilgrimage is. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, that what you just told us just seems to fit. So I really appreciate you coming and sharing your story and helping us. Because I think, honestly, what your story did, not only is it going to inspire somebody out there, um, but it helped us to, and this is exactly what I was hoping to do, is allow stories to help us understand what pilgrimage is and what it's all about and, and, and you know, how is it being... Um, practice today so i appreciate it yeah no thanks i really appreciate uh getting to tell it again it's just as inspiring for me to (laughs) hear my own story and remember as often as i can like why i'm here and why i'm doing it you know because as soon as you get into work you get in the weeds you might forget but reminding yourself of the basics you know of what you've chosen that's what it means a lot for me yeah yeah i i totally get that and um you know i've I can identify with that. It's like once you, you sometimes you need to to recite that story mm-hmm. to to remind yourself of why you're here. Yeah. Because even I mean, even though you know you chose this place, you know that you know once you leave you know this office and and you go back to the quotidian kind of life and and <laughs> you're like, oh, it's good to remember wh- you know why you're here. Yeah. Um. So I got one question for you. So um. You work at Crossroads, right? I do. And <laughs> and uh, you went to school with all of Brian Tome's kids. Uh, well, yeah, at, least, a couple of them, at yeah. least Jake, right? Yeah, yeah. And we, I, I think I had both of you in the same classroom. Awesome. Yeah. Which was an amazing experience. I'm sure it was. I remember vividly. There's other words that I probably... <laughs> inspiring, <laughs> Yeah, inspiring. <laughs> um, so... Growing. Crossroads has a giant congregation, right? Yeah. Like thousands? Uh-huh. So are you are you going to like, you know, tell everybody at Crossroads? Are you going to get Brian to, to put this on the board and say, listen to Dieter talk about his pilgrimage story? I will put it on my social media. Yeah, and which I, yeah, and, and I, you're you know a celebrity what? in and of itself. Right? I'm sure that's true, and yeah. I'm sure it'll go viral as soon yeah. as I do that. You know, watch the share count go up. Yeah. So you just you just you just wait, and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm excited to see what kind of what, <laughs> what what this yields. You know, yeah. no, um, that is not why I brought you on here. Um, no, I am very. You know, we. It's funny because. You are a student, but I can call you a friend, and um, and I I knew that when we when we had our um, our pizza and beer the other day, because um, I identify with your story in a lot of ways, and and just the fact that you wanted to take Hebrew and that you wanted to go off to you know out of the country to go to school, yeah, very similar to kind of uh, a spirit that I have too. So. Um, Loved loved our uh, conversation here, and um, hopefully we'll have you back, and and you'll have more stories to tell in the future. Hopefully, yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, Jason. Thanks.